0: Hi, everyone. (laughs) Uh, My name is Caitlin Little, and I graduated from Sterling College in 2019. Um, So three years later, 15 countries later, and now here I am again. So my last trip serving abroad uh, just finished two months ago. I was backpacking uh, to uh, 10 different countries with a program called the World Race. And um, yeah, so um, I wanted to just kind of follow up with the conversation that you guys are already having this year about the Great Commission, Um, the verse um, in Matthew 28 um, 18 through 20. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, Then Jesus came to them um, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you, Always, to the very end of the age. So, yeah. Um, So this past year, I got to, like, go to the nations um, and share the gospel with them. Um, We started out in Eastern Europe. And then, uh, specifically, we were in Ukraine, uh, like, in November and December. And then we went on to uh, the Middle East. And so about the time uh, that Russia invaded Ukraine, we were in Georgia, so we were right below um, Russia. And then eventually we went on to North Africa, and then we went back to Eastern Europe, to Romania, to help with the Ukraine refugees there. And so I have like purple blobs in all the places that we got to serve. Um, and it was really special, like, who knew, like, what was, you know, going to happen between Ukraine and Russia the past year, but we got to be a little bit pa- a part of Ukraine's story and just getting to meet them there um, in their church community and then, um, like, even being able to welcome them with arms wide when they came into Romania. Um, so yeah, I wanted to give you guys a, just a glimpse into a variety of ministries that we got to do because missions isn't just doing street evangelism and and uh, sharing the gospel directly with people. And it doesn't have to just be like teaching English. Um, like there's so many different needs around the world. And so it's, uh, I don't have enough time to share a whole bunch about each country, but just like pointing out a couple of things. So, Our first country was in um, Romania, and we were there twice. Uh, First time, we ministered to uh, Roma communities, which is a minority group there. Um, We would probably know them as, like, the gypsy community, but that's more the informal term for them. So we got to go there, do a lot of children's ministry. Um, We also, then when we came back, we helped with uh, refugees, Ukraine refugees, after that, we went on to Albania and, um, Oh, Something I also wanted to mention is we didn't always have hosts that we were going to each month, so sometimes we would have a host that we would come and partner with, but other times our missions company hadn't gone to that country before, and so they just dropped us off at the airport in the capital, and they're like, pray, figure it out, we'll see you back here in a month, you don't have a place to stay, Um, just figure it out. And we always had, you know, a meal to eat, we always... Got a safe place to sleep, um, but we called those ATL months, ask the Lord months. So we had some of those. Albania was an ATL month. We showed up, had no place to stay, knew, knew no one. We prayed. The Lord gave us words, images of where we should go. We go to that city, we get an Airbnb. Um, Oh, go ahead and go maybe like two slides (laughs) Um, so you can see some people. Yep. Um, That's our Airbnb host. Um, We just mentioned to him, like, hey, we're here to serve you guys. And he's like, oh, there's a a village my parents are from up in the mountains. Um, They're having the olive harvest. They need workers. And we're like, yeah, we'll come for the harvest. Um, So... To help with the harvest, and uh, we got to share the gospel with this remote village that had never actually had the gospel shared with them before, so that was incredible. Um, After that, we went on to Kosovo um, and uh, partnered with a church there. We did a lot of children's ministry, again, with the Roma community there. Like, the Roma community is, like, in their communities, are in those countries tend to be, like, overlooked and just, like, neglected and not invested in. So we wanted to um, just empower them um, to, yeah, break just different generational, you know, cycles of, like, young marriage at, like, 10, 13 years old um, and—or crime or, you know, just different ways that they're, like, desperate. Um, So, yeah, on the next slide is Kosovo— Oh yeah, sometimes ministry looks like dressing up like Mario or Winnie the Pooh. You never know. Um, We also did a lot of street evangelism, just going door to door. Um, On the next slide is Ukraine. Um, I got to lead worship a lot with Dasha, Anya, Ruslan, and Sasha. Um, We just invested a lot in the local church there, like not knowing that you know what that Russia was going to invade. Um, but like able to just build them up while we were there. Uh, we also helped with Bible studies, English clubs. Uh, next slide is Jordan. Oh my goodness. Okay, so when we first got there, we were in uh, the desert, um, staying with the Bedouin people. We were in Wadi Rum. We actually celebrated Christmas there, and like these people um, are Muslim, and like we just like invited them into like our you know Christmas traditions. Um, they thought we were a little weird, but <laughs> we still had a good time. Um, then uh, the rest of the month, we these two women um, they opened uh, their own restaurant, and it was uh, we helped cook there to like serve uh, people who maybe had like low incomes and uh, people who were homeless. So we'd serve them meals daily. Um, and then this guy, I, I just got smoothies from him every day. Like, he made really great smoothies. And so I just got to meet him and his family, like, super kind. Um, next, we went to Turkey um, on the next slide. And our we did have a host there. She had her own, like, tourist shop. And so she was, like, selling handmade items that a lot of the community made. We were also, like, making things. Um, like uh, painting pots and things, helping sell things. And uh, that's how she was like building relationships in her community. Um, and on the side though, I just couldn't get enough of like spending time with the local people. So I'd be like doing the ministry during the day. And then in the evening, I would just go out to this coffee shop where I met the owner Sanim, up at the top. And um, she is so precious, got to meet her family. Uh, this is a student, college student from Istanbul that I met. Um, we'd have coffee, and then I got to meet um, Uzgun and Daphne, um, which is a story I'll expand on eventually. Uh, Next slide, we went to, oh yes, yes. Okay, so this is Armenia. Next we went to Georgia, um, but I don't have any pictures from Georgia of, like, people. The ministry that I was doing there was I was doing a lot of, like, uh, prayer, uh, healing prayer with, like, women there, uh, like, emotional healing prayer, and then, like, deliverance with them. Um, And so it's not really, like, a good time to, like, take pictures of people when they're, like, weeping and things. Um, But the rest of my team was helping with, like, homeless ministry, uh, Kurdish school, which is a minority group, um, similar to the Roma, but like minority in their country. Um, this is Armenia. We um, served at an orphanage for uh, children, young adults with mental physical disabilities. And uh, the staff really enjoyed um, taking us on little adventures to like mountain monasteries. Um, Because Armenia is, like, believed to be the first nation that, um, like, declared Christianity as their, like, religion. So that's pretty special, pretty ancient. And then that's Arthur. He's an artist who worked there and, like, helped the the kids um, just do, like, self-expression with, like, art. So he's very creative. And... yeah, so I titled my talk A Thousand Names because, I mean, at the end of, like, this in- incredible, like, trip around the world, exper- experiencing all these things, um, my biggest takeaway was just, like, what I learned about God and, like, my experience with Him and how I, yeah, just getting to see these different angles of Him that I'd hadn't necessarily, like, been emphasized to me in the past. Um, so now at the end, I just, like, the, it, this song comes to my mind by Phil Wickham. Uh, it's called A Thousand Names, and he says, um, I know you by a thousand names, um, and you deserve every single one. You've given me a million ways to be amazed at what you've done. I'm lost in wonder at all you are. I know you by a thousand names, and I sing them back to you. And so when I asked the Lord, I was like, how do I narrow down how many, like, what stories I can share? Because, I mean, We don't got enough time for all of this. And he was like, I just want you to share about my heart. And then three stories came to my mind um, that I feel like represent his heart really well. So I'm just going to share those three stories. Um, Yes. So first one is... um, So... When we go abroad, we have a training camp beforehand that's like a week long, and then we come home for a week, and then we come back to launch. And um, I, um, uh, yeah, when I came to launch, my mentor, uh, she texted me, And she was saying, uh, hey, I need to talk to you. Can I call you? And in my mind, whenever I get a text like that, that's, like, not a good thing. (laughs) Like, we need to talk. I'm like, oh, no. What could happen already? Um, But I asked the Lord about it, and he just said, he was like, she's going to ask you to team lead. Um, And I'd forgotten to mention, um, like, I was traveling with 35 people, and... um, Each of us had different roles, like maybe we were like a team leader, treasurer, health coordinator, storyteller, uh, intercessory coordinator, worship coordinator. Like we each had these different roles, and I'd originally been assigned to be a treasurer. And so when the Lord like said she was going to team lead, I was thinking, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm the best person for that role. Because I was in this unique season where I was like in a season of grief, and um, I felt like that, like, had, like, disqualified me, in a sense, to, like, to lead, you know? Um, And I was just like, Lord, I am grieving. I'm carrying a lot of sadness in my heart right now, um, because the past year has just been, like, loss after discouragement, after, like, loss after discouragement, and, like, I'm just feeling kind of empty. I don't really feel like I have a lot to give out right now. Even though I'm here, you called me here, and I'm expectant of what you are going to do through me, and... Um, and and for these people we meet, but I kind of just would like to, like, hide a little bit and, like, heal quietly. Like, I don't need everyone, like, watching me do all this. And uh, and so I wanted to read to you, like, what I, like... uh, He said to me, and, like, I journaled down... um, He said, your grief and the parts of your story that you never wanted to be parts of your story hasn't disqualified you from being worthy in your leader's eyes and cherished by your teammates and able to serve in my eyes. Don't worry what you need to say or uh, what you need to do. Like I'm gonna lead you and you're just gonna follow. Like you're just gonna like walk in my footsteps essentially. And uh, I'll never expect you to do it on your own. Like, just lead others as I lead you. And so I was like, okay, okay. So my leader calls. She's like, hey, your team's team leader dropped out. We prayed. We feel like the Lord is anointing you for this. Would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah. Like, me, and the Lord already let me know. You have my yes. I'm in. Um, so, yeah, my takeaway from that was just that your hardships haven't disqualified you to be chosen by God. Um, The Lord is like looking for the person who doesn't have their own agenda, who isn't going to rely on their own strength, who's not looking for attention. Um, And so, yeah, like, I guess my question for you guys is what would it look like for um, Jesus to meet you where you are right now? Like, how would he like in your situation where you're at in your faith or your life? What would that look like for him to just approach you? And what would he say? So yeah, that's my first story. Um, Next story is uh, when we went to Turkey. um, I reached out to my mentors from college, who were Mark and Laurel Watney. I knew that they had served in Turkey in the past. And so I reached out to them. I was like, hey, do you have any friends here? I want to meet them. And they were like, we have one friend. And she is in a small town. uh, It's called Izmir. And uh, Izmir is like, I mean, in the location-wise, it's like the San Diego of like the United States, or San Diego of like Turkey. Like it's like way on the west side. So Turkey's a big country. If we got if our team got dropped anywhere else, like I would have never been able to like get to her. So I was like, okay, cool. I don't get to choose where we go, but I'll keep that in mind. And then my mentor writes me, and she said, uh, "Hey, your team is being placed in um, a small town near Izmir." And I was like, "Wow, perfect! Okay, I'm gonna like take a train and go see her one day." Um, and then I hear back from Laurel, and she says, "Oh, actually, Uzgun has moved to a small town outside of Izmir, Selcuk, and like I was going to Selcuk specifically, and um, yeah, like that experience just showed me." Um, like, how the Lord sees the big picture, but he also, like, sees, like, the little details, and, like, this is something he's been planning for so long. It just, honestly, my mind is so blown. I'm trying to, like, wrap my mind around it, but, um, yeah, it's just, like, that wasn't something he, like, decided in one day that he was going to pursue this woman, Uzgun, like, um, like, it, there had to be a lot of decisions that I made, like, and that the Watneys made, and even my missions company made for us to, like, all end up in that one spot in this huge country. And I got to have coffee with her and her daughter. Um, and yeah, just all the decisions that had to be made. Like, he was, he was right there, all in all of that. Um, and yeah, and it also made me think about how the Lord, like, knows who. Uh, maybe we need to hear things from, or, like, who we're, like, willing to listen to, because I think if, like, just a, another Christian missionary came and visited her, and was, like, hey, I have some good news to share with you, she'd probably be, like, uh, get lost, but since it was me, and um, it was kind of, like, I was, like, coming for the Watneys, like, to come see her, and, like, just affirm, Um, their love for her and just affirm and, like, kind of follow up on the things that she, they'd already shared with her, like, decades ago um, was, like, so incredible. Um, So, yeah, he's, he's amazing. (laughs) All right, last thing that I will share is about the community that I was in. Um, So, yeah, God's heart for community. I think yeah, community is really powerful. It has the potential, though, to, to go, like, two opposite ways. Um, it can be, like, powerfully damaging or, like, powerfully, um, like, healing or uh, building up and things of that nature. Um, and, yeah, like, I mean, we can all, like, probably think of examples of, like, how communities, like, damaged, been damaging or whatever. But what would, what does it look like? What is God's like original design for community? Um, and I want to like use my squad as an example. Um, so our squad was very diverse. Like the whole span of different denominations was there, you know, Lutheran all the way to like Pentecostal. We had some people who were Catholic there. Um, and we were all different ages, you know, 20 to 35 at the oldest, and different personalities, different careers, different paths, different places we were at in our faith, and we're like, all of us just come, and we're like living together 24-7, 15 people to a bathroom sometimes, and sometimes I'm like sharing a couch with someone, you know, like just like sleep on, and it's like no personal space anytime, um, but like we were like stuck with each other, so we were committed to each other to live out, like intimacy with God, community with each other, having healthy communication, um, loving each other unconditionally, showing each other what our spiritual gifts are and like talents we've been given, and then also mission, partnering with God and all of that. Um, and so, anyways diversity. God loves diversity. He's like, let's throw a little bit in that, of that in there, a little bit of that, different political views. Yeah. Let's throw some in there, mix it all up. Oh yeah. Get some stuff stirred up. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, bring different things to the surface so we can figure it out. And uh, yeah, he loves diversity. But as we all know, like when there's diversity and there's like different perspectives and like different ways we see things, like we're going to step on each other's toes, like crazy. <laughs> um, but we're... <laughs> stuck together so, like, no one can, like, cut anyone off or, like, give up on anyone because you're going to be sharing a couch with them, so you better figure it out. It's going to be awkward. Um, But anyways, I wanted to share just about, yeah, like, I don't know, the realities of community and how, like, God's design is for unconditional love, this extravagant love that he wants us to show each other. Um, But since we're not, uh, since the world is not always living out God's will and not always it showing unconditional love, like um, Christians make mistakes pretty often, honestly, in relationships. It's just it is part of the our our fallen nature and our weakness in the flesh. And so, I wanted to share a story um, that really showed me unconditional love and community uh, versus like culture, our culture of just like cutting people off and like not. Not forgiving, or also just like not even maybe just forgiving, but not bringing them close again, just kind of keeping them at arm's length. Um, and for example, I was team leading and I was just pouring my heart out to these women, like shepherding them, uh, sharing you know, vulnerable parts of my life, uh, the weaknesses I have, the dreams that I have. You know, I was just like being open, and and then I find out one day that. Two of the girls are, like, talking about me. They're, like, gossiping about me to, like, another team or something. And, um, yeah, just sharing things that are personal to me. And, like, when I found out, I was, like, cut to the quick. I was, like, I I couldn't believe it. And I felt so, like, not cherished and um, not um, safe, you know, maybe in a sense. Because, I mean uh, I've had things like that happen in the past, but I was like, I was like, this is different this time, this community is different. We're missionaries, you know, like we are like really trying to like surrender to God and everything, but like, um, yeah, still happens, and so I like, I told them like right away, I was like, okay, I forgive you, and I'm like weeping at the same time, um, And I was like, I forgive you. Like, I want to extend friendship to you again, but like, I feel really hurt right now. So I'm gonna just go off by myself and cry for a little bit. Um, And then one of my teammates, like, followed me and she just let me cry. She just, like, set her hand on my knee and she let me cry. And then she said something that I don't think I'll ever forget. She said, Caitlin, Jesus let Peter and Judas sit at the table with him. And I was like, I stopped crying. I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh took me a moment for that to like load um, because I realized like Jesus knew all along what Peter and Judas were going to do to him. You know, in his life, like Peter was his best friend, um, but Peter deserted him and when he needed him the most and like denied knowing him. And then Judas, of course, um, like, he plans out something, you know, like malicious for Jesus, and, and, then, and then he hands him over to his murderers. And I was just thinking, like, um, just about, like, would I have been able to still love those women, even if I knew all along that they were going to talk about me, you know? Uh, would I still have seen that it was worth it? Like, Jesus would have said, like, it was worth it. I still wanted to give them a chance, you know? He still wanted to give Judas a chance. Um, and I also wanted to say that there's kind of like two differences between hurt um, of like uh, Peter made a mistake. Like he was not like planning it out. Oh, I'm going to do this. Um, his heart was to love Jesus and to be his best friend, but he, his flesh was weak. And so he made a mistake. But Judas's was like, you know, malicious. He like planned it out and, and his not, heart was like not for God. Um, and so, yeah, i am just really challenged by how Jesus forgave Peter, and He brought Peter close again. And I'm so challenged and even offended by by that at times of just like, wow, this extravagant love. It's um, this unconditional love. Uh, it's so different from our culture. And when people see us loving each other like that, it's like really different for us to forgive and be able to bring people close. And we can't do it on our own because. I don't know if any of us have enough love in us to, like, extend that again to someone after they've hurt us. But, you know, we, we make mistakes and, and just, uh, and people will make us mistakes again and things like that. But uh, we got to come back to that original design. Um, and you can read 1 John 4. That whole chapter is, like, about this extravagant love for God and others. It's really amazing. So, yeah. So those are my stories. Um, what I would love to do, but just to, like, close up is, um, yeah, I would love to just have, like, a time to to encounter God um, because, yeah, like, the stories I shared, like, um, with, like, miracles and things like that, like, they're incredible. We love to hear those stories, but that's not what changes people's hearts, you know, Um what changes people's hearts is encountering God's heart and um, just seeing how personable and how near he is, like nearer than we thought he was. And um, so, yeah. Uh, So if you you would like to, if you feel comfortable, just go ahead and close your eyes, and I just want to kind of like walk you through a prayer a little bit to talk with the Lord. Yeah. Thanks, God. Yeah, so yeah with your eyes closed, uh go ahead and, and like think of a place that you are really comfortable in, like maybe it's a park, maybe your favorite place to go the ocean <laughs> and uh you're comfortable um, think about what it what it feels like, uh what's around you and uh Yeah, now um, imagine that Jesus is approaching you. Um, He's walking towards you. Maybe he's running. And so my question for you is, is, how do you feel like seeing him? Do you feel peace, excitement? Do you feel some shame or maybe even fear? And we're focusing on Jesus like, what is his like expression, like as he's like approaching you? What is it, like his posture? Yeah, and um, like now that he's near, go ahead and just ask him. Like, Jesus, what do you think about me? Like, right now, just as I am, what do you think about me? What's the truth about how you see me? And then I'd like you to ask him is there any part of your character that needs to be restored that I need to like experience you in like this way even thanks God go ahead and just thank him for showing up for speaking truth over you to revealing things that maybe you weren't even aware of and uh, just let him know that like uh, maybe when you have some more time you'll like come back to that that place and come spend more time with him because um, yeah he he looks forward to it too Um, so yeah I'll just uh, kind of like close the prayer and uh, go from there Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for who you are, Lord. Um, We're amazed by you, Um, just all the different angles of who you are. You're so much more uh, in every way than we thought you were. Um, We can't fit you into our mind, Lord. Um, And, uh, yeah, thank you that you come near to us. Um, And, yeah, I just pray, Lord, that... Um, the seeds that were, like, sown today, Lord, the conversations that you started with people, Lord, that you would just um, continue those, Lord. Um, And, yeah, thank you, God. I'm excited for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.